You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. This episode and every episode of Socks in the Basement brought to you proudly by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Check them out at FamilyDry.com. Give them a call 24-7. When you call them, mention Socks in the Basement and you will get a deep discount from them. They always take care of our listeners. Don't forget to mention us, 708-330-4466. They're going to seal that basement up. They're going to help you out with your sump pumps, your window wells. They're even going to help you get leaves out of your gutter this fall. They've got that new service as well, and it looks like it's a pretty good deal. I'm looking at it online. It's the best one I've ever seen. Check them out right now at FamilyDry.com. I needed to get that out of the way, Ed, immediately, because I'm going to black out, I think, three or four times as I talk in the next five or six minutes. Not blackout like fall over, but blackout and become some sort of demonically possessed being that you're not sure who you are. Or where you are right? while the vial is spewing out from your head. Exactly. So I'm also going to make sure that you know that we are still pre-partying Game 3 at Cork and Carry at the Park, 33rd in Princeton. It starts at 4 p.m. And Modelo has jumped on board and is presenting that three-hour pre-party before Game 3. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. We also have... It doesn't have to be an Irish wake. No. We can still be a celebration. No, I still think this team can win this series. I'm going to get into this, but I still think this team can win this series. And I'm also going to have Steven Nelson on from MLB Network, and I think he thinks we can still win this series. I reached out to Steven a couple of weeks ago, and he started doing, like, the podcast circuit, and I had the option to have him on earlier on in the week. I said, no, 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 let's do this after the first two games. We're going to need somebody who can look at this from a national perspective who intently watches baseball, who watches all of these different teams, who covers it all the time for MLB Network. And we're going to have to talk to a guy like that because the regular on-the-ground fan here on the South Side, there's just going to be anger, especially if things go wrong. And so I'm glad I held off until we had him on this show. But all that's coming up. First, let's talk about this series. And I don't want to turn this into 30 minutes of me yelling. But we're going to start off with that. Game one (laughs) is on the fact that the White Sox couldn't hit. And the Astros made a brilliant decision. Home field matters, folks. For all those people that sat around over the last month and a half and told you it was more important for this team to be healthy than to get home field advantage, you're wrong. The reason I say that right now is because I watched a Houston organization soak their infield like a swamp and bring in two starting pitchers that have the highest ground ball rates around to induce ground balls bogged down our team, and they had a plan and they used their home field advantage to gain an advantage in this series. And guess what? Unless, I mean, right now we're talking on Friday afternoon, but to this point, every home team has won every home game so far, including the wild card games. So don't tell me it didn't matter to try to win in the back half of the season. But fine, your team's healthy. And what has that gotten you? 0-2. But just forget all of that. Let's talk about game two, because up until midway through game two, I'm still saying, you know what? The bats weren't around in game one. It's not a big deal. This is a good team. I watched a team jump up four to two, and then I watched a manager make an awful lot of bad decisions. Tony LaRusso is 
100% responsible for the fact that the White Sox lost Game 2. And I'm going to explain why. In Game 1, you already saw a problem popping up. They talked about it on MLB Network. Like I said, Steven Nelson going to be on this show in just a little bit. A lot of analysts were talking about this. They shifted incorrectly and allowed two runs to come in. It went from 3 nothing to 5 nothing. We got beat by so many, it really didn't have an impact in the game. But it was something that was brought up. Well, the shifts in this game were atrocious. I want to take you through some of them that were going on in this game. And they're not the number one thing that caused this team to lose. But they contributed to several runs crossing the plate. And I'm not the only guy coming up with this. People you've heard on Socks in the Basement talking about it and explaining that Jose Altuve, generally the league, puts their second baseman behind second base for Altuve. We didn't do it. He's hitting the ball up the middle and driving in runs. They even called that out on the broadcast. They said, with a guy like Bummer on the mound, you really have you have way too much space open in the middle. What did Altuve do on the next pitch? Right. Jordan Alvarez... Jordan Lazowski of Saxon 35th, who's been on this show so many times, tweeted out an image that shows how the rest of Major League Baseball shifts Alvarez with a runner on first and a double play situation. And there's a shift with the shortstop standing behind second base. And everybody is basically standing between first and second, with the exception of your third baseman. We didn't do that. And the result was more runs being scored. The shifts had a definite impact on runs being scored. Also, the fact that Tony, who still thinks that relief pitchers are used the exact same way as they were used 15 years ago, doesn't have anybody warming up after your team finally shows offensive life, finally is up 4-2, their best lead so far. Runs have been so hard to get, and all of a sudden the White Sox get them. But is anybody warming up after Giolito was starting to lose command of the strike zone in the fifth inning? No. And then who does he bring in? Crochet, who the Astros have already seen. Why are you saving the rest of your pitchers, Tony? I understand that they may be using Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech as a combo, but you're going to sacrifice a game that is winnable on the road for a future plan that may not even matter? You may not even play past Sunday, and you're worried about that? That was another questionable decision, but the worst decision, a decision that was worth Four runs is pinch hitting and putting Cesar Hernandez in for Adam Engel. You take out a defensive outfielder in a tie ball game and you bring in a second baseman to hit for him who is a worse hitter, not only over his career, but this year. Let me just throw some numbers out to you. Adam Engel, who hit a line drive his last at bat up there that Bregman was surprised ended up in his glove. It was the hardest hit ball of the game to that point. And he never got another at bat because Tony gets cute and brings Hernandez in. Adam Engel, 124 OPS plus in 2021. Hernandez, 89. 100s league average. I don't think I need to explain that anymore. And don't tell me, well, Engel's been struggling a little bit. What has Hernandez been doing for the last two months? It was a dumb decision. He's been awful. He has been terrible. And you want to know why it's a dumb decision? It's a dumb decision because now you've moved Leary Garcia, who is not a good outfielder, who is a replacement player, who is a utility player into right field in a tie ball game in a must-win game. And I don't care if Craig Kimbrell wasn't perfect. There were two outs when Garcia misplays a ball that Adam Engel makes look easy. 
and the floodgates open and you lose nine to four. Tony LaRussa after the game, and I want to bring up the quotes. The score to me is very misleading. No, Tony, it's not misleading. You caused six or seven runs on your own with bad shifts, with the way you handled the pitching, and especially with that pinch hit and putting Garcia in right field. Those are all on your shoulders. Every single one of those runs are on your shoulders. All of them. Ricky Renteria couldn't have done worse. In fact, I don't think Ricky Renteria would have done that. I watched Ricky Renteria do everything he could. Unorthodox ways of moving pitchers around in game three last year against the A's. Tony La Russa isn't even capable of that. I just read off charts that tell you that the majority, the vast majority of Major League Baseball managers shift in one way. Tony doesn't. The vast majority of Major League Baseball managers would handle the bullpen differently, including the guy that we replaced and put Tony La Russa in. Tony La Russa doesn't. And Tony La Russa makes a terrible decision with the Hernandez move and taking Engel out that resulted directly in runs a half inning later. I said on the last show with Dave Kaplan on, I said that this is what Tony La Russa was hired for. Well, guess what? I believe this team is one and one coming back to Chicago if Tony La Russa is not your manager. This one's on him. And I- I'm furious right now with Tony La Russa. I'm furious with Jerry Reinsdorf for hiring Tony La Russa if this is what's going to continue happening. If game three happens and I watch more of this, I'm furious. And, and look, he did a great job in the regular season, but he wasn't hired for the regular season. And, and it, it's mind-boggling to me. I jump in here before my the vein in the top of my forehead explodes. It's already starting to ooze something that's a little unhuman, but um, your anger's justified. I, I mean, I... Look, I can I can see some things where you could say, let, let's pick on the angle thing for a second. You want to bring in a guy, a lefty, because you think in that situation against that pitcher, a left-handed batter is better. Well, what's Gavin Sheets doing staying on the bench when he, with one swing, can give you a lead? Cesar Hernandez has not been that guy really since the Sox picked him up. He might have been that guy earlier in the season in Cleveland, but he's not that guy now. And then... You're telling me that Larry is the best choice to stay out there in right field. You don't have anybody sitting around. Gosh, nobody, nobody can come to mind who is a fantastic defensive right fielder. Why is Billy Hamilton not out there protecting the lead? Thank you. Why is Billy Hamilton on the team? Why did you bring Danny Mendick? If this is a move you would have made, you should have brought another outfielder as well. Well, and and, and I don't even mind the idea that in a tie game, you're going to sit there and go, you know what? We're going to put Cesar's glove at second base to try and, and, and stem this tide a little bit. But instead, you you hit a guy who is not hitting well. You keep him in as a defensive guy at his natural position, which is fine, but then you don't make the corresponding defensive move because you have way too much faith in Larry Garcia as an outfielder. And we've talked about him being exposed in situations where he is not meant to succeed. And him being a defensive replacement in the outfield is not Larry Garcia's forte. It never has been and never will be. Plus, he's not exactly lighting the ball up either. And the shift thing, I, you know, I, I texted, I was texting with some, some other fans, and I said when Bummer came in, I said, why is it that every time Aaron Bummer comes into a tight game, the Sox infield never seems to be in the right position for him? 
you know Aaron Bummer is going to get ground balls. I, that, that sweet strike out of Brantley is one thing, but you know against those right-handed batters, you're trying to keep the ball on the ground. And when guys who have not seen this team play at all are up in the booth and going, you know, I'm looking at where these guys are stationed, and there's an awful lot of room up the middle, and then that's right where the ball goes, and then the next one goes right past Bummer's head, and they get to joke and say, that was a Bummer. It's, it's on the manager to not have the team in the right position for a ground ball pitcher. What the heck are you looking at, guys? Thank you. I'm sitting on the couch with my 13-year-old son. We're watching playoff baseball. And I'm watching the Astros in the field. And the Sox are up. It's the, it's the inning where the Sox score some runs. Yeah. And Abreu's up, I want to say. And I go, this pitch is coming inside, and Abreu should know it's coming inside. And he goes, why? I said, if you look at the shift screen, because they started using a shift screen. It was so bad that MLB Network started putting a screen up to show alignments. They didn't have it at the beginning of the game, and it was so bad what Tony was doing, they started putting it up on the screen for you. They wanted to show you how badly this team was being managed. And they put it up on the screen, and I'm like, El Tuve just moved. The last pitch, he was over playing more of a traditional second base, and the pitch was outside because if it goes off of Abreu's bat at the end, it's a ground ball to, to Altuve. So now he's moved over closer to second because this pitch is going to be inside, and if they jam him and it goes up the middle, Altuve will be waiting there. The very next pitch is inside. It happens to be the one that Abreu lifts over Altuve's head, so luckily he gets some altitude. But that's what the the Astros have been doing the entire series. That's what most good baseball teams do. We don't do that, though. We've got Giolito pitching an outside pitch, and we've moved our second baseman all the way over to second. But then when we have Giolito going inside, second base is moved over, shortstop's over here, ball goes up the middle. Why is it that other teams can coordinate on the fly in the field and we can't? That goes back to management. That goes back to the guy who's running the team. He did a terrible job. And guess what? You can get away with that in a regular season because your team is full of talent. You can't get away with that when you finally get to the games where every team you find in front of you is full of talent. Then you have to be the X factor that gets that team past those teams. I know players play I know players are responsible for things, but he's not putting his team, but he's not putting his team in the best possible position to win. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. And now check out the new 2,500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms right now at creakybone.com. Join us on the phone line right now. Uh, He's been on the show before. We're happy to have him back. He does so many different things. He's hosting Intentional Talk. He's on the MLB Network with the other shows. I see him on, on Baseball Tonight. And then 
Uh, he's now doing something with the Blackhawks. I don't know when Steven Nelson <laughs> sleeps because he also has an infant. Uh, so wh- how are you doing all of this, Steven Nelson? You're like Superman out there. How are you? Chris, my friend, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to be back with you. You are correct. There is no sleep happening. There are just naps and longer naps. Um, so, but we're doing great. You know, look, look, as, as you know, um, the blessing of parenthood, fatherhood, it's, um, there's, it's, there's nothing like it. It's really indescribable. This is our first, you know, my wife and I had a son, I guess now more than two months ago. And, um, just mind blowing every day, every day is special. So look, typically if it was, if like those who know me know that if I don't sleep, I am like not a pleasant person to be around. But this has changed. Now I don't have sleep, but I'm pleasant because the little fellas just uh, makes it all all right. This team still have it in them to to come back and win. I mean, they got two home games. They 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 can they've got that kind of fire in them. They they seem to be the kind of team that can just all of a sudden just rattle off a couple of wins in a row with this offense. And Dylan Cease has had a really good season. I believe. I, I really believe that that Dylan is 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 just at the cusp of becoming a much higher level pitcher. Uh, can this team still do it? Yeah. Look, uh, and I think that our first the first time uh, I was in the basement with you, I told you how I, I am such a negative fan because it helps me stay positive. You know, it's kind of that that backwards thinking, that reverse psychology, reverse jinx mentality. Um, so I'm always kind of looking through things through the worst case scenario lens when rooting for a team. Uh, yeah, I still feel as a Sox fan good about this group because it's almost like, well, hey, you know, they struggle on the road. So, yeah, they're not supposed to win two against that team in that ballpark. So, yeah, you just come back to Chicago, make sure the blackout has the park bumping, which it will be 13 years worth of energy because the, the fan base didn't uh, wasn't able to spend any of it with the team last postseason uh, because of the circumstances. So, yeah, I think the South side is going to erupt and that's going to be a factor. And I'm with you. So before the year, I said Dylan Cease was the most important piece of this White Sox team. I, you know, and that was before we knew that that Los was going to have this remarkable turnaround. Um, and now, unfortunately, Los isn't 100% healthy. But for Cease, he has kind of just been this um, steady machine this year. You're right. He is kind of lurking. Uh, you know, not not necessarily elite tier or the second tier after that, but he, he he's climbing his way up that ladder, and people are going to start to learn his name a lot more. So this is a big opportunity for him this October stage. A lot of the young Sox stars have this opportunity to kind of announce themselves. Like Luis Robert can say to the world, "I am the superstar." You know, Sox fans know him to be, and know that he will be. They believe that, but maybe the casual baseball fan. They don't know yet. Well, they might learn now. And so um, there is that kind of that chance for, for every one of these players and Dylan Cease is among them. So um, the, the pitching staff, top to bottom, is just deeper for the Sox. You know, their lineup certainly has the advantage. You know, the, we, that was something that was known going into this series, but that doesn't mean that the, the Sox don't, don't have a great one. I mean, they were tied for third in terms of way to runs created plus. You know, Houston was number one, but I mean, look, we know the Sox can rake and the boys are healthy. So yeah, all the pieces are there. So it's just a matter of execution and them proving them, proving to themselves that, you know, they can come back. You did something really interesting on intentional talk before the, the playoffs began. Uh, when you filled out your bracket, you picked against the White Sox 
and Kevin Millar uh, picked against the Red Sox because the two of you just didn't want to pick your own team. If somehow these two teams meet each other in the ALCS, it's still possible. If that happens, do you pick the Red Sox uh, with Millar or do you start the trash talk with Millar? No, 100%. Picking the, yeah, we've been joking about the Pink Sox in World Series all season long. That's what happens if you throw a Red Sox and a White Sox and the wash machine together, you end up with Pink Sox. So if we get a Pink Sox ALCS, um, I'll absolutely be picking Boston because that means the mush magic has continued to work. Um, and don't stop now, boys, as <laughs> Hawk famously says. So, yeah, and uh, I wonder what Kev would do. I'm sure he would probably play into it as well. He would lean into the bit. It was very uh, unsettling uh, seeing him put on a Yankee hat early in the year, too. But that's just <laughs> just kind of the way things have been going this year. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of weirdness. But anything anything to help our squad. That's just this is kind of the, the, the life motto there, whatever it takes. Steven Nelson, you do intentional talk over at MLB Network. You also do Baseball Tonight. Baseball Tonight is a traditional show. Intentional talk is basically like the fanciest Zoom call I've ever seen. You and Malar are in different locations. You're looking into the screen. You're kind of doing the show. Every once in a while, you guys get together. But what is that like? Because that's a very different way to do a show. So IT kind of has always been people in separate locations. So when we get the chance to be together, like Kevin and I had at the All-Star Game in Colorado, like we will in the World Series or at a Boston-Chicago oh, ALCS, it, it, it takes the show to another level. It really does. It's just... Um, it's more fun to, to, to put it simply, uh, you know, cause I'm not uh, just to peel the curtain back. You know, when I'm doing the show, like, you know, if I'm looking at the camera, you know, typically uh, the studio cameras, they have like a little monitor right below it. So you're looking at the monitor, but it looks like you're looking at a camera. So the studio that I'm primarily working out of in New Jersey, it's like an office that was converted into a studio. So it does not have one of those special cameras. And the monitor is just a flat screen television that is actually propped on top of a bookshelf that's basically on the ceiling. So in order to see what Kevin is doing, I have to look up. So I can't do that because then I'm not looking at the camera. So it's even less personal than it already is. That seems so difficult. Like it, like it, it reminds me of like what you do when you're like doing a radio show by yourself. And one of the tricks, like yeah. I, don't have to do, I don't have to do it anymore, but I remember when I had to try to find a way to be conversational when I first started doing it, I put a mirror in front of myself so I could at least talk to somebody. Like it reminds me of like <laughs> talking into the air and, you're, and you, and you want to look up and see what he's doing, but you know, everybody will notice that you're looking up to see what he's doing. It's crazy. Oh man, it's, uh, it, 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 it does make it more challenging. So I, I can't wait to, for any, any show, uh, that I know that we're going to be in the same location, you know, and Lord willing, knock on wood, as we continue to take steps toward normalcy, you know, maybe we can do more road shows or, you know, shoot him, Kevin coming back up to New Jersey or me even going out to Texas. Yeah, that, that's something that we're definitely looking forward to because we do think it makes the show better. That's awesome. Before I let you go, Stephen, I got to ask you because, you know, we're here in Chicago and uh, even though we're a White Sox podcast, I watch the Blackhawks. What are you doing for them? Yeah, like I saw this announcement <laughs> and you're putting up pictures of yourself as a kid in your Blackhawk jersey with the entire family. I don't have something like that where the whole family's dressed up in Blackhawk gear. So clearly this was a big deal for you. What are you doing for them? Uh, it's a massive deal. Look, it's, um, yeah, again, it's, the dream is putting it simply, but it, just I'm going to be their 
they're Jake Lamb, they're, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're <laughs> Brian Goodwin. No, whenever, whenever Pat Foley, I mean, who's been the voice of the Hawks for, for our lives, you know, um, whenever he is not going to be um, calling a game, you know, there's going to be a handful of broadcasters who fill in, you know, Sox fans will know another one and Mike Monaco. And so, look, I, I'm just, it's just an, a tremendous honor to, to kind of be in that group and, and fill in on that. I, you know, just my, my family that have a chance to listen to me call a Blackhawk game. I mean, that's, just, that's, it's kind of stupid saying out loud. It's wild to, to think that that's going to happen here in a matter of months. So, Steven Nelson's a big uh, Blackhawk fan. He's a big White Sox fan, and he's got dream jobs across Amen. the board working for MLB Network, <laughs> NHL Network, the, the Blackhawks doing intentional talk. I mean, you're, you're living the dream right now, my friend. I know you're exhausted because of the little one, but uh, whenever you get a moment of clarity, just remember – you're living the absolute dream. And if you're going to be in Chicago calling games, man, let me know. I'll bring you down here to the nine foot homemade Oak bar. You can join us in person at the show. We have a good time over here, but either way, we really appreciate you jumping on socks in the basement. You know, you started talking about sleep and now I'm wondering, maybe I am sleeping and this is all a dream. Chris. <laughs> I'm questioning my reality. I am questioning everything. And seriousness, man, thank you so much for always, you know, having me on your socks in the basement pod. You know, I, I love hanging out with you and chopping it up and I, I will definitely take you up on on the in-person offer whenever that happens hey Sox fans in the southwest suburbs Davern's Tavern and Lounge in Justice Illinois has something for everyone located at 8527 West 79th Street they have this large back party room to host an event for up to 150 people they have a massive outdoor beer garden horseshoes cornhole in fact they host the Midwest largest blind draw bags tournament every Monday night with a major and minor league. All skill levels are welcome to Man Cave Mondays and live music with DJs on the weekends. Chicago Bears fans, there's free food during all Bears games and Davern's is a White Sox bar. During Sox games at Davern's, 250 Miller Lite bottles, $2 UV bombs, $12 pizzas, 8527 West 79th Street. Learn more at DavernsTavern.com. What's up, fellas? Carlos from Morgan Park. I don't think I need to say what we all are feeling. Let's start off with I'm a Tony apologist. I love Tony LaRusso. I feel like it was a good hire. But this is the first time I'm actually pissed off at him. We have to find a way to keep Louis Garcia and Curry Kimball off of that team playing and make them pay for a ticket on Spirit Airlines to come back to Chicago. They are terrible. And I'm tired of hearing people talk about Lurie Legend. He's terrible. He's garbage. He sucks. He does not belong on the playoff roster. And I don't know why people always stick up for him. What kind of play in the outfield was that? What is going on with this team? We forgot how to hit the ball. Every single time I see him hit a ball, it's a ground ball. We don't have anything in the air. Nothing close to the outfield. They forgot how to play baseball. And remember, you can go to SoxInTheBasement.com, type a comment to us, use the little microphone in the corner. You can hit up our voicemail, which still works, 708-459-8406, Ed. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, he's he's saying what a lot of us are feeling as fans, and, and there's a lot of emotion, obviously, there. But there's something he picked up on, and this is where I'm a little mad at the players. And I'm a little mad at the lineup. Uh, and, you know, and I understand who Lance McCullers is. I understand what the Houston pitching staff is, but... The Sox have 18 hits between the two games. 
And it's not like they haven't put the bat on the ball, but you have 18 singles. Singles. They don't have a single extra base hit in two games. Not one. How, how does this lineup go that long without getting a double? Without, let alone hitting one out of the park. And I'm, I'm okay if they had walked out of Houston one and one and never, never hit a home run. They're not hitting the ball hard. They're just putting the, the bat on the ball. 18 singles is, frankly, it's awful. I, I, I'm, I'm a little aghast at that. And I think that is probably one of the biggest things that needs to come out of this is looking at, again, with this team, up and down the lineup, is there enough power? And I'm not talking about just hitting home runs, but is there enough power up and down this lineup to sustain big rallies? the way they need to, because this was a close game. These were close games in, in a sense. And when we looked at before, when we looked at the Sox and one run games and what the problem with the White Sox and one run games was not necessarily blown saves, not necessarily the pitching Kimbrell aside, he gave up way too much there, but not that so much as the fact that the Sox just don't come up with extra base hits at the rate that they need to, to succeed. And, and we're seeing that through the first two games with 18 hits, but not a single one of them goes for an extra base hit. And, you know, and, and that's that phone call. I love that because that's the kind of phone call that, you know, you'd be that guy would just get yelled at on the radio. And I, I understand that he's going to get yelled at on the radio if he leaves that call because he is kind of all over the place a little bit there. And but you got to vent. How, how are you going right. to how are you going to not you're vent angry all over the place? You're angry. I understand that. Larry Garcia belongs on the team. Larry Garcia actually did very well. At second base, he turned a double play where Tapera turns around and throws that thing back to second base. And he made a great throw off balance to get that. And that was a, I jumped off my couch and pumped my fist on that play. I thought Hernandez was in the game already. I had to double check and make sure that that was Larry Garcia. Right. He brings something to your team, but he should never have been put in that position in that game where Tony. He's not an in. outfielder. That's the problem. Right. He's an emergency outfielder. Exactly. Th- Thank th- you. That's the issue. And Kimbrell. I, maybe Kimbrell, maybe we do need to, to, if the Sox do get past the ALDS, maybe they do need to think about whether or not Craig Kimbrell uh, goes on the ALCS right. roster or where he fits in the, in the, in the pecking order of relievers. Craig Kimbrell, unfortunately is going to go down as one of the worst trades in the history of Rick Hahn's tenure. Unless Nick Madrigal's leg is actually amputated in the off season, in which case it's a wash. Right. Unless Nick Madrigal loses a leg, which I don't think is going to yes. happen. We're joking no, I think about he'll be, that. I think he'll be walking around. Right. And I think he's going to be a very good player. That's going to go down as one of the worst trades. Like you're going to talk, you talk about that Tatis trade. He didn't know what he had with Fernando Tatis. He knew what he had with Nobody, Nick Madrigal. The Padres didn't know what they had with Fernando Tatis. They just right. wanted James Shields off the right. roster. They didn't now, care. This one, I liked the trade originally. Like I get it. You can go off in the off season. You can get a second baseman and they have to do that. If they don't do it, you should be angry all off season all during next year until oh, they actually go do it. Yeah, that's, there should that's be sin. pure unmitigated anger without them going out and spending the money to go bring in a good, I mean, and I want a top tier guy. Okay. Yeah. I, at that, I want, there's plenty of big guys that are going to be out there in a free agent market and you need them. And I think that's been proven right here in this series so far. I want that guy, but giving up Mandrigal for Kimbrel, it made sense, but I think down the line until here, saw Craig Kimber will fall apart. It's going to be something that people pick on Han for in, unless he goes out and signs that second baseman in the offseason. He signs that second baseman in the offseason. That's that big name signing. You could forgive it still, I think. 
Because you're like, well, Mandrigal wasn't coming back anyway, and at the time, Kimbrel was awesome. And we, there's nothing we can do about that. You, you can't be upset about it if you go out and you replace and you bring something in that's really good at second base. If you cheap out at second base or you, you, you uh, pick up the option on Hernandez, let's say. Oh. At, at that point, rage, anger, pitchforks, screaming, cancel Soxfest because it's going to be three days of people flipping you the bird. That, that's exactly what it's going to be. Yes. And you don't. And you can tell me I can't come, and you can be like, hey, Socks in the Basement, we're going to have these other podcasts that are really friendly to us and never say anything bad about us around, but Guess you can't what? be They're around. Torch you, you, can, you can do that stuff. I don't need to be there. It'll be middle fingers everywhere. So yeah. I expect them to do that in the offseason. That's my rant on that. We got to wrap this show up. I know we're over. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. I, I Here's the thing. Great stuff from Steven Nelson. I really appreciate him talking about the fact this team has a, a good shot of winning. I believe that this team can still win game three. I believe this team can still win game four. I believe this Absolutely. team can win game five. This team is good enough to rattle off three wins, even against the dreaded Houston Astros. But changes need to be made to how we are using our players. And I don't know if Tony LaRusso is capable of doing it, but somebody's got to grab him over the next day or so and shake him and say, start listening to the analytical guy that's sitting in the dugout. Start listening to the things we're telling you. And somebody start figuring out the shifts. I mean, you can print them up online. There's plenty of websites that'll tell you how to shift Jose Altuve. Just print up a cheat sheet and give it to him. You know? I mean, that, that's all you got to do. Somebody take control here. Because if I hear at the end, oh, you know, we just didn't work out. Nobody admits the shortcomings. Scorched earth. Because it was really obvious in this game. It was so obvious that MLB Network started showing you the shifts. The, the network covering your game was like, oh, man, this is terrible what the White Sox are doing. We have to show people. Like He started showing shifts. I've never seen that. And it wasn't even there at the beginning of the game. It showed up as the game went on because they wanted you to see how bad it was. Remember, pregame, Modelo presents... Socks in the basement, three-hour pre-party, starting at 4 p.m., going until game time. Cork and time. Carey at the park. It is going to be incredible at Cork and Carey at the park at 33rd in Princeton. Check out all they have to offer at corkandcarryatthepark.com. We cannot wait to get out there and party with you. I think we're going to get a win. I think we're going to get a win uh, in game four. I think it's going to be a toss-up in game five. I don't believe this is over. I don't believe this team goes off quietly into the dark, deep night. I think this team puts up a fight. They might just be in the wrong position while they're putting up a fight. Exactly. They might be standing in the wrong position. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.